This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. Stanley Cup Finals Edition. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. Yeah. With Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show. A bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports. What are you guys doing? Putting on the foil. Yeah, you want some? No. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Hey, Lace them up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. 49 years for that, for that, a 7-2 smackdown. If you're a Blues fan this morning, last night, you are feeling like, what, same old St. Louis? Same old, same old? Or did you see enough in the first three rounds that you're thinking, no problem, like Matt Cowman would write? Nothing to worry about. We'll be back here and uh, even this thing up. That's what Ryan O'Reilly said, actually, after the game last night. We're confident we'll tie the series up. That's our mindset. I think this has been a resilient team basically all season long, so that's something that you can hang your hat on. But, I mean, certainly waiting 49 years for for that dud last night can't feel great because... It just pretty much everything went wrong for that team last night. Just just like I knew everything was all right because of what Martian and Pasternak and everybody was saying right after game two, um, we heard the same blabber from Carolina and Columbus, too, in certain situations. And obviously the, the Bruins were behind Columbus 2-1, to one and it was same type of talk. So I don't necessarily put too much stock in what St. Louis is saying. I mean... Wait, wait, so you don't put stock in what the other team's saying, but right. because Martian and crew were saying the right things, you believed them, and therefore you know it's, it was fact. It's it's Mastradamus. Wow, Homer. It's, it's Mastradamus. Homer. Oh man, God, you've turned no, into Ty Anderson. I mean, even for even for Blues fans uh, who were bred from disappointment, last night had to be an absolutely yeah. mind like rip your hair out of your skull sort of game. And they Just, absolutely overplayed their hand. I mean, trotting out John Hamm for a media availability. <laughs> and then, you know, it's great to see the girl, Layla, out there. And I'm, I just hope that they didn't break her heart. I mean, you're really overplaying it at this point. And, you know, I guess if she, if she wants, she can shift over to the Bruins. There's some she nice was still guys great, though, despite all the airtime yeah, they well, gave that's her. Good. Even between periods, she was good. Well, she that's good great. because, I mean, She's it's better than be... half the people that they got working for her. <laughs> <laughs> now, O'Reilly and uh, their captain, Petrangelo, both said it's a matter of keeping them off the power play. This is post-game stuff. O'Reilly, right. we started the way we wanted to. We had a good jump. We were composed. Then we had breakdowns, and we started to fall apart. Then we got into penalty trouble. We got away from our game. So that's uh, obviously a cliche. But you wrote today that it was intentional, that it's not the fact it that sure looks got it. away. If it's not intentional, it sure looks it. This is a dirty Listen, team. the worst play to me, the one that really sealed it and made me text you to say, gee, is this team really trying to take shots at them, is on the Achari empty net goal. No chance to stop him. He's going to score. And Pitcher just takes a swing at him, you know, baseball style at his leg, gets the slashing penalty. But maybe it should have been a major. Maybe he should have just been thrown out of the game right there just to defuse the situation. Did he, did he make contact? He definitely, I think he at least brushed him. But it was the type of swing that if he had gotten been closer, he could have hurt him. And the question is, you know, what are you guys trying to do? Are you trying to play this game the right way? I mean, you know, in the San Jose series, I don't think anyone was necessarily thinking that they were um, doing anything dirty to injure Carlson. They were just targeting them. They were targeting him. But this is like every hit, like you said earlier in the show, every hit is high, every hit is arms extended, and and, and even some leg on leg. And then the slash is like ludicrous. And, you know, David Perron bumping. The way the the one for me was David Perron when he was in the crease and he just kept shuffling over. 
trying to get to Tuca. Oh, that was so blatant. Yeah, oh my god! Trying, just these, guys are, these guys are not relentlessly good get to Tuca, and then oops, I fell on him. Well, I think what it's gets like, me about the Achari me? thing is that you're not expecting it because you know you you expect there to be some level of respect and courtesy in the National Hockey League at this point that you're in a it's a blowout game, you're going to score an empty netter, and you're not going to expect somebody to take a big swing at you. And if he lets up and he catches him, he does take a swing and ends up injuring him. What the heck? Well, I well, think I, I think at, at this point in the year. Every team is going to be dirty to a certain extent. You're always going to be trying to get into the opponent's head and, and you know maybe use some greasy tactics to, to do it. But I feel like the Blues have just, in this game especially, have just gotten away from playing hockey. They're just trying to right. do this this crap to get into the Bruins' head, and, and it's clearly not working. And I'm, and I'm sick and tired. I think, I think it's because they, they hide behind this idea that, well, you know, we play in Missouri, so we're nice, and we're Midwesterners. We don't do any of this stuff. And like you said, country it's, roads. But it's correct. We've seen country roads, and we wait for Gloria, and blah, blah, blah. But Which is a West Virginia it, song anyway. Yeah. Why are they singing? I don't know, but is there anything sadder than losing 6-2 to two or or 5-2 to two and singing country roads <laughs> well, in a half-empty well, arena? Wait, can we really talk when people sing Sweet Caroline 10-1 well, like to one We do inning. talk, and we say that it stinks <laughs> here when it happens. Not in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, the fact that anybody sang that song how, at that point last and night. And how was amazing a joke. is it going to be that you, you and DJ will be able to steal Gloria <laughs> because they're never going to get to play it on national TV. No one's going to know what they're talking about. It, will, it might as well be a Bruins song. Do they play a, a chunk of it after goals or no? Like, no I can't hear. No. It's just, just after wins. Just after oh, wins, yeah. All right, all right, just after the wins. Well, game one, uh, was there anything dirty in game one? Uh, Sunquist hit Clifton from behind as he went into the wall. I remember that one. And he got a penalty from it, but it was not quite as bad as I thought it, it seemed afterwards. You know, if you recall that back in game yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely some questionable hits. A couple hits. ones. Sammy Blay was going after uh, Coyle. Um, but game two, obviously, the Grizzly hit was the main one, right? That's you well, the, know, to, Yeah, right. You know, well, then, you know, obviously, you had, the, you had the Krug hit in game one. You had Bacchus destroyed Blay in that game also. That's where the, their kind of rivalry started. So the Bruins have, have had their yeah, share yeah, of physical yeah. play. It's the, it's this head hunting that's going out of control, and it's but the things with the stick and the things with the in the crease, like you're saying against Tuca. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So those are two. But I'm saying, do you, do you think the hit on Grizzly from Sunquist was yeah. it intentional? Like I'm going at this guy's head. Is this on the? If there's a game plan, he, did, that he, he didn't, draws up. He didn't the target game. the head. He he. It was it was clearly boarding. He could have stopped. That's how he got the suspension. He was he was aiming to punish him. He wanted to finish his check as hard as he possibly could. And then the unfortunate positioning of Grizzly turned it into a headshot, leads to a suspension. But yeah, I mean they're finishing their checks high and hard, and when Grizzly's in that position, then you, you, it results in what it resulted in. Right. Blay and Schwartz ran Tuca in that game, quote unquote ran. Although right. I asked Tuca after the game, and he said it was just hockey. He downplayed yeah. it. Well, he's always going to downplay everything. I mean, to me, that that was a good sign for St. Louis because if you're going to play against a guy with a 950 save percentage, who's been you know basically sitting in a recliner in the crease making all these saves, you know the Carolina game, he's making saves without seeing the puck. You have to get in their face. And I always say when the Bruins go through these stretches where they're not getting to the net and they're not making it hard on the goalies, if you have to take two minutes of goalie interference, at least it's a sign that you have a sign of life and that you're in people's faces. So I have no problem with that. I have a problem with, like you're saying, blatantly going at him in the crease. No one is uh, is misunderstanding what you're trying to do there. And then getting his, in his face after the whistle. I mean, seriously, yeah. somebody should have beat his ass right there. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And and. Uh... I will say uh, Tim Thomas would not have responded as kindly. To yeah, Tuka's right. Exactly. Hands. Right. Somebody should show David Perron the the, the blocker punch yeah. that he threw with the Sedin, and then and then say he'll do that again. Overall, and it's David like, Perron. He's not intimidating. Right. He's, no, and he wears a tinted visor. So uh, <laughs> no, I, I think uh, you know. 
I don't necessarily think that, that what they're doing to Tuca is, is necessarily dirty because I don't think it's been that egregious, but it, it's it's cheap. Yeah. And the fact that they keep doing it and are so I, shameless about yeah, it. I think I think the, the hitting, like I said, the goal interference, I have no problem with that. You were driving the net, you hit the goalie. The getting in his face after the whistle is just stupid. Why are you? Because the goalie can't really do anything to you. Right. I mean, if he hits you with the blocker, he's, he's thrown out of the game, right? So you can't you can't do anything there. So it's great to talk trash to someone who is in, incapable of doing anything back to you. I feel like there's a quiet rage boiling, boiling inside Tuca. <laughs> and if the Bruins win this series, he's just going to – he's going to – He's going to do something. <laughs> well, that's just it. It's going to be interesting. We don't, I know fans will love this. I'm going to get ahead, put the the card ahead of the horse here. When they win the cup, Char gets it, gives it to maybe Bergeron second. Then uh, no, I think Tuca. Tuca second. No, I it's got to be one of the. It's no, got to be Bacchus or Bergeron. It's going to be Bergeron. It's going to be Bergeron. Then it's going to be Bacchus, and then no. it's going and then it's going to be and then it's going to be Tuca. What a letdown that would be. What are you talking you about? They're winning this for Bacchus. What the heck? Have you not been paying attention? Playing like five minutes a night. But, but he's, he's but the, the St. Louis factor. But he's oh, the St. Louis factor. St. He's Louis a leader factor. on this team. He's a captain. I mean, he's one, one of the, the captains. Guys and the guy one. that they've leaned on all all through this he whole gets playoffs. Like fourth or fifth, not no, second. No, he doesn't. Second. He gets it third. It's a good after Bergeron, after because all it's one the of the mud that Tuca has crawled through since twenty thirteen. Tuca gets it fourth. No, no, he gets it. For, he gets it handed from Char. No way. Tuca Rask. It won't happen that fast. Tuca or Puka. Tuca's not going to want that attention. Who have we done a segment about called Tuca or Puka? Every show that we've done since we started. Doesn't matter. They're going to give it to another captain. If Tuco and Stan Smythe, you might have to give them to him a little quicker. That's right. Now, Bergeron, maybe. I could see Bergeron, just because he's Don Cherry. Because Chara and Bergeron are, are, are basically co-captains of this team. It's yeah. always been that way, and he's going to give it to him. And okay. then there's no doubt Bergeron's going to pick the sentimental guy, the David Backus. Uh, he's the uh, Mark Recchi of this team. You give it to him next. And then Tuca's fourth. Tuca That's or Puka. <laughs> if they do that, Backus should announce his retirement on the spot and say, I'm, give, I'm getting up, I'm giving you cap space back for the next well, three no, years. Well, no, again, it won't be cap space. The, the, the NHL doesn't work like that. He can retire. They're still going to have his cap hit. So. Now, Pete, you liked Pat Maroon going at Chara to to well, goad him into a penalty. Right. Which, well, I, I didn't I didn't necessarily like it. I, I thought that it was effective. Well, well neither one of those yeah. guys should have got a penalty for that. Though. No, I, I just agree. Like, but he, Pat Considering Maroon, all the stuff they've let go in this series, that was a penalty? <laughs> right. But but I mean Pat Maroon got exactly what he wanted. He, yeah. he got under Chara's skin Did enough you? to get him off the ice. And if you're a Blues fan, you're going to take the Pat Maroon for Zdeno Chara trade every single day of the week. Did you know he stayed? Did you know Pat Maroon took less money to stay with the Blues? <laughs> I hadn't heard. Did you that. hear about that? But I give him credit for that. Beyond just that's what he was told to do. That's a tough task. You're going to go up to yeah, Chara I mean, and get in his grill. And well, they, he's fought. He's fought Chara, Chara wanted to fight him. Yeah. I know. I was hoping for fight number I'm still, three. I'm still, waiting, been... I'm still waiting for the fight in this series because uh, the, the fact that Bacchus and Blay or Bacchus and anyone haven't fought yet is pretty amazing. Neither team has fought in the entire playoffs. Somebody right. tweeted out. Is that yeah. correct? That yeah, sounds right. I mean, I'm going to buy that. I'm just going to yeah, latch we'll on We'll just that. throw it out there. It's true now. It's on <coughs> Back, radio. Bacchus and Edmondson were going at it. Uh, Barbashev and Clifton for a, for Edmondson a is the guy who obviously decided, you know what, I'm sick of hearing all this Bacchus and St. Louis talk. And I, I, I guess maybe he wasn't one of the ones that was teammates with him three years ago, so maybe he, he took it upon himself to say, I'm the new guy. We're, we're, not, we're not really friends with you anymore because he's been in his face the whole time. But he's terrible. He's been and, bad and it's so dumb to, And it's so dumb to waste energy on the guy who plays nine minutes a game. They should probably let Bacchus sleep because the less you engage him physically, the less he brings to the Bruins. But right. in summary, you feel like St. Louis is a dirty team. Absolutely. They are 100% headhunting, dirty. Should I don't probably... know if I'm ready to say that they're headhunting. I think, I think they're cheap and they're, they're intentionally greasy. But they have to be though, right? They're, I mean, they're it's a Stanley Cup well, that's just final. It. It's almost they play a heavy game. It's almost a sign that they're already defeated 
that they're playing this way because where's the hockey in well, this? Well, the thing is, I mean, there's there's a fine line between doing that stuff to your advantage and doing that stuff and hurting yourself. Right. And they're not finding the uh, the sweet spot there right, by exactly. any means. They're may, only maybe hurting in, themselves. Maybe in game two they did a little bit, but then even then it took a six on five going overtime to win the game. So right. where, still how gave, they great still is the way talent too many penalties in, right. the, in, this, in game two? Sure. I mean, how great? I mean, they're only. I think their only hope right now is that Biddington comes back. He plays lights out to get you to six or seven, where maybe you've taken such a toll on this team. Who knows how many more Bruins players will get knocked out of this series if it goes long enough, and then you try to win it. But clearly, you know, team against team, they're not going to do it. Well, no, it's a good, it's a good point. Like, if that's their goal, is to be greasy, dirty, over the line, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of level the playing field. But, you know, it goes blow, and it's blowing up on them. Now, do they change that and just? Uh, well, I don't play think so because I think that, that it's, it's like I said. I think they've already seen that we're defeated if we don't do the, do it this way. But they're and defeated it's, if they give Boston and as, any as power many, play at all. Well, I mean. as many power plays as they've gotten, they can't call everything. It's like the old, you know, NBA in the nineties when people <laughs> are ba- beating the the crap out of each other. You can't call everything. So just raise the bar a little every, bit. If you call, what is a call? Exactly. And well, so if you're calling every third one, maybe the two two out of the three are hurting somebody. So well, I. I that makes what happens in game four especially huge, especially the start. Because if you get it out into an early lead and you get under their into their head and under their skin and they collapse in on themselves again, that I, I don't see them going away from that stuff. I only see it getting worse as they try to get back into a game with desperation. Yeah, right. It's, and I, and I it's only going to be worse. Yeah, for them. I mean, and there's only that's the thing, too. There's only one goal of this is to injure because, as we saw, after the DeBrusque penalty, which I would argue was a retaliatory penalty even though it was a different player, the Bruins stopped g- giving into this. They're not going to get knocked off their game mentally. They're just a strong enough mental team. That they're not going to have this happen. And you were talking about Tuca and Perron in his face and what Tim Thomas would have done. But the, 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 thing, the thing that epitomizes this team and its ability to stay focused and lean on its veterans and not get over the line is Tuca just saying, what the heck? Get in my face. I don't care. I'm going to make every save. It doesn't you're, matter. You're right, but it's amazing with Marshawn on the team. Turn that the other is, cheek. That, that well, is their mentality. He's the ultimate turn the other cheek guy right now, right? He hasn't gotten any real trouble. The bop on the head was, was made up nonsense from you know people in Columbus and people in Toronto. Yeah, but you and keep then, citing it as they were like undefeated. They went on that 8 Exactly, because, because, because people went so nuts about it that it inspired <laughs> well, the Bruins, even though everyone knew it was nothing. And then the stick stomp was just a bunch of nonsense, too. He hasn't really done anything well, wrong. Well, I mean, if we're talking about David Backus and Brad Marshawn in game Two had a hissy fit on the bench, and Bacchus was the guy there. Right. He's like, reel it in a little bit. Right, but that's a hissy fit against his own for what he was right, doing. Right, it's yeah. not he's not low bridging anyone or doing. But or, that or stuff might come people. if he yeah. if he loses himself. Possibly, and is going possibly. Crazy. Hey, heat of the moment. That's what he always says. Heat of the moment. Do you do you want Bacchus to get it first? No, I don't not want him to get first. it first. After the, no, no, after the after Char, we'll get it. Obviously, hoisted first. Bergeron, Bergeron, Bergeron and then Bacchus, the Bacchus. captains. It might even go Critchy next, and then the, you get the captains, and then Drask. God, Tim Thomas didn't get it that early. I remember. You know, Tim Thomas. I but think he, I want to say he was probably fourth. I don't give to go crap back. What order they get it in? To that's be honest with you, come on. That's that's always talked about. Who gets the cup first? Well, the first guy just to get, get it, it in the time the that NBC sticks with the sticks with the uh, live shot of it before they have to go to you know Keith Mike Milbury ripping somebody for winning the cup wrong or something. Then they move to NBCSN. Right, exactly. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. I want your thoughts on who gets the cup from Char when they hoist it. Also, your consmite favorite at this point. Is Calman right? Is this a dirty hockey team, the St. Louis Blues, that they're playing? And we dirty. started off. And they hide behind their Midwestern goodness. Yeah. Give me a break. Maria in Watertown, the first lady of skate. Hello, Maria. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you this morning? Hey, Maria. Wonderful. 
I'm not answering the question of who gets the cup first because I'm superstitious, so <laughs> I'm not even going there. Well, you'd, be, you'd right really now. hate what I've been working on this weekend when I've been home. Oh, my God, you would hate it. Go ahead. No, no, no. Please, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't like the mojo. I don't like the mojo there. But um, with, with regard to the Blues, you know, I did ask the question on Twitter last night as to whether or not, you know, they, the Blues might consider changing their strategy since it seems to be backfiring in their faces when the bees go four for four. And then I listened to Craig Berube's post came and basically the answer to my question, it sounds like is no, he just wants his team to kill off the penalties better. So I don't think that the head hunting is going to stop. And I was trying to give the blues the benefit of the doubt because I don't mind a little bit of snarl and nasty um, in my Stanley cup finals, hmm. but I think it's now being taken to a level that is, um, for lack of a better word, and I know I'm on the radio, distasteful <laughs> to me, very distasteful. And I don't know whose butt I want to kick first, Perron or Maroon, because <laughs> I do think that Maroon was getting in, he's starting to get in Tuca's head, or at least he did in that second goal, where I think Tuca was more concerned about Maroon being in front of him than tracking the puck. And the Bruins did seem to uh, unravel a little bit to start the third period, but then they settled it down and right. realized, let's not play their game. So, you know, whatever, whoever did that, I'm, I'm glad that it happened. But, you know, I do have concerns of the level of nastiness that um, St. Louis is taking this to, and I think it's getting to a level that is bordering on headhunting and um, over-the-top nastiness. And I do think that someone needs to get a handle on it before someone does get pretty yeah. seriously injured at, well, the, at this the, point in time. The trick to that is um, win the series in five, and, and they, won't, they won't have enough time. And then be done with it. No, exactly. no, no, I, I agree with you, because I'm, I'm looking at this in the same kind of vein as, you know, Columbus and Carolina, where these teams have thrown the best that you have at right. this point, and you still lost the game. So, you know, maybe the Bruins' counter strategy is starting to get into their heads a little bit in, in terms of how much more physical can we get, and we still got our butts kicked 7-2 to <laughs> right. last night. Exactly. Thank you, Marie. Good stuff. You know, one, one thing, Ruby. guys. Ruby, uh, we'll hear from uh, Craig Baruby coming up. Yeah, you know what? The one thing that she reminded me of is that they scored two goals and they were both off off of Bruins defensemen. Right. So that's nothing to be too proud of either. I mean, uh, she's although talking about... they were giving them so many opportunities on the power play, eventually St. Louis is yeah. going to find some things that right. work. And Pareko at the point bombing yeah, well, away is still, one of those things. It still took a deflection off of off of Carl for it to yeah. The shot was the eight puck, feet the wide. The puck was going wide. So um, you know, I, I saw I saw hints of this. Hard to believe how bad Carolina rolled over, but I did see hints of this strategy in the Carolina series at, at certain points where they were starting to just hit people and, and, and do things away from the puck and after the whistles. They gave up because they clearly didn't have the will as a team. Maybe it's because they didn't have enough experienced guys to keep them on t track. Maybe because, you know, Dougie Hamilton is their heart and soul, so what are they really made out of? But you saw hints of it, and I, I started to say at some points in that series, oh, gee, the Hurricanes maybe from Brindamore being the player he was, is doing this, you know, if they, they can't call everything type strategy where you hit them five times and maybe you'll get called once, they gave up on it and the Blues have just picked it up and they've run with it and that's all they do. Matt in Wilmington is a smart man. I want to get him in before we take the break. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. Um, before, before I get to the cup um, exchange, um, yeah, I, I, I do think they're dirty. 
and the the play that really sets it out is two. One, the launch at at Pasternak's head mm-hmm. that that missed, and if they were if all the other media around in Toronto and wherever were screaming for a charge on Tory Krug, where was all the where's all the crying for that last night? Uh, two. On the empty net goal, Petrangelo with a two-handed slash just out of frustration. That's their captain doing that right. at the end of a game, right? And and so you, you got that. As far as hoisting the cup, I think absolutely you give it to Chara and then straight to Tuka Rask immediately. Absolutely. There's, a, there's, a sense, there's a sentiment to that. He's the guy yeah. that is that is really one. He's going to win the Consmite if, if they win it. He's earned it. He's been the, he's been criticized up and down more than any other player except for maybe Chara in this town since they've been here. And he's going to lead them to the cup if they have any sentiment at all. And Bergeron is on this. Even if Chara hands it to Bergeron, Bergeron might they might just conga line right down to Tuka Rask. <laughs> right. That's what I'm looking most forward to seeing is Tuka Rask lift the cup. That's what that's the one guy. I'm a Patrice Bergeron lover. I want to see Tuka Rask lift that cup over his head. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, yes, I, and I agree with yeah. Matt. I, I think that, yeah. you know, I would love to see it. Right. I don't know if it exactly. happens. I would love to see it. It's going to be the most cathartic cup race <laughs> that they have on that team. Maybe is beside David I think, I think the, drama, the drama of that would be awesome. I think tradition will hold that they'll give it to Berger on second. But the wait for Tuka will be so much better because you'll be waiting. When's Tuka? When, and he's going to get it to build up in him. And the guy who shows no emotion, who everyone said didn't care, and all this nonsense. And I, I'd love to know what the cottage industry in this town, for the people who have made millions off hating Tuka Rask, it's their only hockey take they've ever had in their damn lives. They never even really watched a hockey game. They just they just say Tuka bad, and that's what they get a million dollars for. I cannot wait to see what he does to show up all these fools. But Backus getting it would be such a letdown. I mean, except for the fact that it would be like, why don't you love David Backus by now? I mean, David Backus no, is, is 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 the I glue think... holding this team together. Like Pete just said, he does so many of the little things, calming down Brad Marsh and getting these young guys. This is what he was brought in to do. I mean, clearly he has not lived up to the money. That's fine, but he's still the. This is why you you got him, and he got it a as soon as he got here because he's the one in these young guys' ears, Jake DeBrusque, Brandon Carlo, you asked him about the fatherly influence this guy's had on him. Even when he's out of the lineup, even when he has the right to complain that he's not playing, he was in there, in their ears, keeping a positive vibe and keeping this team together. I think he maybe gets bumped up in the pecking order if they win on St. Louis ice. <laughs> uh, so you're you're letting the, where you're playing in St. Louis dictate that Bacchus is going to be held to a high... He wears he's, a he's letter. So if he's, they're, they're going to give it to the captains first, then he's in there. He's being paid $6 million. He should have a good attitude, even if he's scratched. I mean... Oh, and, and that's the way it works in sports, Ken. You know, all these great attitudes that people well, have. Well, he knows they, he doesn't have many, it anymore. These, your NBA players that make $30 million and they're pouting all the time. I mean, he, He's realistic. He knows... I mean... It, he is. They could win the cup. With, they would have won the cup and been here without David Backus. His role on this team has been fairly insignificant. Carson I, I, I Pullman disagree. would have been just as fine. You, I don't know about. Right I don't know about winning the no cup way. without it. I mean, you look at the first round. And you Honestly, look at, in game look two, at that he had played four game. minutes through two periods of play, and then he look played that, more in the third period. Look at that second Cassidy's game against like Toronto. Are we, are we talking about the cup final? Or are we talking about the home playoffs? The whole playoffs. The whole he's playoffs. Been, he has been very valuable been in, in the situation. Valuable, but not get the cup first after. Chara. But he's he's been the, he's like the longest tenured guy without a cup. This is what they were talking if about. If Rask wasn't here, maybe you could consider that. But but the Tuka Rask story is so no, much more. The Tuka important. Rask thing is going to be awesome because it's going to build up to him, and we're all going to be on our edge of our seat 
waiting for NBC to cut away to NBC Sports that, like Pete just said, <laughs> before just he gets in it. time before he gets it. Like Aaron Rodgers in the green room, when will Tuca <laughs> get called? Or they're going to lose, cup? and some St. Louis radio station will take this entire segment and play it on their show and just rip us for <laughs> That's hours. Like I, well, like I, I said, listen, I'm in this mode because I'm working on something this weekend that every person who hates jinxes would kill me for. Well, I told you the Globe article in 2013 was halfway home. That's and right. The Boston Sports Journal... Hey, but you know what? It was halfway home. Something else so, Maria brought up. I, I like think. That. I think this. This maybe teams are going at the wrong Bruins in the wrong strategy because if you think about it, the Bruins can play this style and play this physical game and have enough pushback and have enough skill to counter St. Louis. If you think back to 2013, there you know there was no hate in that series. There wasn't anyone doing this on the Chicago side. They were such a skilled team and they had some physicality, but there was none of this pushback. There were none of these. I can't remember one guy that we hated. In that series, you know, there, there were there were some players that maybe you you know maybe you hate Kane because of the type of attitude or whatever. But nobody, there was none of this physicality that was you know pushing not, the Bruins, like, giving Hosa you that extra extra motivation. And no. it's funny Andrew too. Shaw on that team, Shaw was yeah, right. The, yeah. Shaw, but he was kind of quiet in that series. I think he was on his best behavior pretty much in that series. He scored the winning goal in the first game, and um, I think it's funny too. You know, Rob Bradford said there was nobody to hate on the Blues, but I think we're finding plenty of candidates, and I told them we would. Candidates. This is what happens, you know. We're going to get your thoughts on Rob Bradford coming up before the show ends because we like Cranky Kalman. Kalman, who is here in Boston with us, we like that here on the uh, Sunday Skate Game Three Post Game Edition. We're here until uh, ten o'clock this morning. Darren Pang will join us at nine thirty. Get his take on Jordan Binnington and uh, him getting pulled last night. First, a trending. What a glorious game of hockey that was. Now back to a Stanley Cup Finals edition of Sunday Skate with Ken Laird, Pete Blackburn, and Matt Kalman on Sports Radio WEEI. Craig, four power play goals. Uh, obviously, you got you got to do better there. What what did you see tonight? Any? Well, there's some deflections. Two of them went off. One went off. Well, Bergeron was a deflection. We didn't get a stick. Uh, the one went off. Bo Meester sticking in. So we've got to be better. Penalty kill's got to be better. Left side, Craig, what did you see uh, Perron do on the interference to get the first penalty of the game? The, the Perron well, penalty? Well, he, he back-checked it and kind of interfered with the guy's motion. You know, It's a 50-50 call. I mean, sometimes they call it, sometimes they don't. Right side, second row. Craig, I'm not sure what you make of all the penalties in the series that you've taken as a, as a whole, but uh, just it seems like game after game the team keeps talking about limiting the penalties, but but they're not. What, what's your take on that? Well, we do have to limit the penalties for sure. We know they have a dangerous power play, and we've been flirting with danger here the whole series, and it burnt us tonight. Is St. Louis just used to becoming Boston's bitch? <laughs> Mark James encapsulating is the only Very can. subtle, very subtle. The, the answer to that first question is... Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, you gave up four goals. goals on the power play, and yep. his response is, hell, yeah, well, some of them were deflections. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's some deflections. Does he understand that deflections are, like, on purpose? They weren't <laughs> accidental. It wasn't a question about Bennington where it's like, yeah, <laughs> right. some of those can't be saved. Yes, but the power play goals. Oh, my God. You have a four. Sometimes, listen, sometimes listening to him, and this is an oldie but a goodie, it reminds me of uh, Billy Crystal's impersonation of uh, Leon Spinks. Where he would just answer every question going, I like eggs, because <laughs> he took too many shots to the head. I just keep waiting for Barubi to say that. Yeah, I'm not sure Barubi has an answer. Uh, maybe he somebody on the staff is uh, is savvy and has a second layer to it. But uh, well, the real answer to that question is, well, you you either got to stop taking penalties or you got to right. be better on the penalty kill. Yeah, yeah, at the beginning of the series, he was talking about how you know how disciplined they've been, and we don't usually take these kinds of penalties. 
three games uh, will tell you differently at this point. Well, that's what Cassidy called St. Louis a, a premier four-checking team, something along those lines, to, to paraphrase coming in. Yep. <clears throat> Everybody can see that. They're, they're obviously a physical team. They're big on the back end. They've got good defense. And it takes so much energy to do that. I mean, again, we're we're seeing that part of it, too. But if if that's not working, I don't think they have a counterpunch. Their special teams are obviously getting severely outplayed. Yeah, and you know what, too? And those penalties, when they get the power play, I mean, the Bruins had to kill two two power plays without two defensemen who are penalty killers. One had Char and McAvoy in the box, and the other had uh, Clifton and Carlo in the box, and still were able to kill the penalties, mostly because of your man John Moore, but also because just, you know, the forwards obviously pressuring the right way and just the right schemes. But that's why I don't see St. Louis winning three of the next four uh, yeah, I, or I hate, three in a row like Chicago I hate to, did. I hate, to look, I hate to look at it like that because like, people were talking about that yesterday that if you, anyone who lost that game last night was going to have to win three out of four. I mean, there clearly is no carryover from game to game here. I'm really looking at it as individual games, but nonetheless, clearly they are outclassed and it's going to take a major, you know, a major, a major thing happening here, like them injuring somebody big to kind of turn this, in, or Bennington just going nuts here. I mean, that said, game two, they se- severely outplayed Boston for the third period in overtime. Yeah. And probably a little bit before that. Sure, the second period. Second too, period, I mean. too. So yeah. they were also so, playing with five defensemen. They were playing with right. 5D. They were down to 5D. And just, so is that a legit excuse? Because most of the Bruins players afterwards said, that's not it. We just we were off our game, blah, blah, blah. I think it's we, part of we've it. We've done that before. It's part of it. And then, you know, the guy, you know it was, again, it was like it was the shooting yourself in the foot scenario there where Martian makes those two gaffes on the one goal and the six on five goal clearly they got caught they got caught on the ice too long that 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 whole unit that was out there in the six on five was gassed and didn't have the right spacing to get the puck out and, and at least get the change or get get the touch and get the penalty going and so there's two goals right there that you know you, you don't usually, usually would give up they they had a four minute penalty to kill off in the second, so they were kind of gassed. Yeah. They were out of just they were out of sorts. Right, and with one. that, and that was Clifton's penalty, so they were yep. doing it with four D, killing off a four minute. I mean, they, they were spent by the end of that one, but so was St. Louis because, it, like I said, we saw in Game Two against Toronto what it took for the Bruins to win that game, get into it physically, and how long it took them to recover. I still hold that they had a hangover from that game, even through Games Three and Four, where they were able to squeak out that game for a win, but they didn't have the same energy until later in that series, and maybe the same thing happened to St. Louis here. But all that said, I can understand how fans don't want Calman writing something significant. Oh my god! Uh, in terms of if you believe in jinxes, seriously, well, what mean, is the deal? Well, if you're here? a fan, it's right. fine. Well, I, I don't think that we've seen the strength versus strength to, to this point in the series where both team has had their game right. because you, you look at game one obviously it goes in the Bruins favor and the Blues look terrible for about right. 40 minutes except I would argue that the Blues game at, against the Bruins might be what we saw last night because they clearly don't think they can play hockey with them they've decided to just hit everybody everything that moves and well yeah but but also like if you if you play more five on five in a game like that yeah. it's way closer but will so, we will we see that? I, that's a good that's a good question. But because I mean, they just keep taking penalties, if they do manage to to get you know get things under control, yeah. and you play at least one game this series that's five mainly five v five. Right, it could be a close close game. And Sunquist will be back, so their right. fourth line's good. Their top line is pretty good. They're playing with they're at least competing with the Bergeron line. Sure, well, maybe last night they got. Uh, I mean, the Bozak, the Bozak line's been quiet, I think. Don't you they think? Have, yeah. like, I think I mean, that's the one thing that if you're a Blues fan, you can take away from last night is that they looked okay at 5-on-5, five five, um, but there just wasn't much 5-on-5. <laughs> five five and, you know, O'Reilly, you, you expect him to be to be much better, especially if, be, yeah. if Bergeron is injured. 
Should've, I told should, you guys. I told you guys before the series started. O'Reilly has not had a good playoffs. Yeah, and he hasn't taken advantage of, of Bergeron at all, except maybe in a little bit in Game Two on faceoffs. But why aren't they? You know, why aren't the Blues trying to exploit that? Kevin and Weymouth joins us here on Sunday Skate. Ken Laird, Matt Kalman, and Pete Blackburn. Hello, Kevin. Good morning. How are you? Good. Hey, uh, listen. Why are you talking about raising the cup right now when we won two games? That's our job. Yeah, come on, Kalman. Why are you doing that? It says here on the screen, counting my chickens. I'm counting my Benjamins. I'm going to have a whole summer of cu- covering cup appearances. That's major bucks. So, do, you, do you think they're the better team, Kevin? I think the Bruins are a better team, but um, we got to, you know, we we got to finish this off four games. I mean, it takes four games to win it. So, um, you well, know, I, I picked Bruins in right three. Now. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, That's great. I'm with Kevin. Yeah. I'm with Kevin. I, I we should we should not be talking about this. Not over. <laughs> Pete, you believe in no, jinxes? No, no. You can talk about it, but you can't raise the cup until you win four games. Listen, we have to talk about it because you never know if we're going to have another show. <laughs> Kevin, you know you want to weigh in. Who gets the cup second when Chara hoists it? Who does he hand it to? Who's the first guy he no, dishes I'm not gonna, to? No, he doesn't want to talk about it. Come on, just theoretical, theoretical world. Come on. I want Charlie Coyle. Ooh, oh, good well, one. I like it. From Weymouth. From Weymouth. Oh, shoot. Is Charlie Coyle from Weymouth, too? Get out. Are you related to Charlie Coyle? Uh, apparently what I've learned <laughs> everybody is that is, everybody right? from Weymouth is related to Charlie Coyle. <laughs> We're not related to Charlie Coyle. Okay. They are Charlie now Coyle. that he's in the cup final, right? <laughs> <laughs> I want tickets. Charlie, give me tickets. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Kevin. All right, guys. Thank you. Pasternak and Coyle scored their eighth goals of the playoffs last night. That ties now Marchand, um, second behind Bergeron, a goal scored. Bergeron has nine, seven on the power play. Third time the Bruins have had four players with eight or more goals in a single postseason. One of the other times was 2011 when they won the Cup. So four eight-plus goal scorers. Coyle, I would never would have had for eight goals. Are you kidding me? That's another. It's like unexpected things to happen this postseason. Number one is Tory Krug. He's my Conn Smythe winner. I agree I, yeah. with Ken Campbell. Mm-hmm. Number two would be Charlie Coyle. Yeah, Charlie Coyle, you wouldn't expect him to take eight shots, let alone right, have right. eight goals. And not, not a knock on him as a player, just saying that he's known as a playmaker. The, the rap on him was Devin wants to shoot the puck, and he's got eight goals. Worth pointing out, Ryan Donato, zero goals in this postseason. <laughs> right. Ooh, that hurts. Uh, more uh, impactful, prettier goal last night, the Coyle goal or the uh, Bergeron uh, face-off win and deflection. Both were things of beauty. I, mean, I like the Coyle goal because the Coyle goal was actually a Bergeron-esque play. Wins the puck battle yep. below the goal line, helping Charlie McAvoy out, sidesteps a uh, check, and comes out, gets it up, Heinen with the great pass, and then the Johan- no, Magic Johansson. Deadwood Johansson. Pa- Magic Johansson with the pass to Coyle. I mean, that was that How was about thing Kevin Paul DuPont blatantly stealing oh, from Magic Johansson God. on Twitter? Listen, you, you don't is, work is, in this. Hey, no shame? You don't, I mean, what? you don't cover this team for 15 years and not having people steal stuff from you, okay? I must have missed that because I'm blocked by KPD on Ooh, Twitter. You are? Yeah. For what? Oh, I, have to I called this. him a dinosaur like four years ago. <laughs> Ass bleep. <laughs> oh my god! Well, at least, at least it was a reason. Kevin Paul dinosaur is that what you just called him? I, uh, I think I photoshopped his face onto a dinosaur. <laughs> I remember that now. That you say that, I do. That was a classic. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, people are always stealing stuff from me. What do you want? You guys are lucky. You hired the best Bruins writer there is, and everyone steals from me. So I know Anderson Good shoving you, you during the season. It's I about mean, you time know this, shoving you in the back. Exactly. Fights in the press box. They they, they wanted to see the, even see that's how it works in the press court too. They they try to knock me off my game. Come up behind me with a shove from behind, but you know what I do? I do a Tuka Rask. I say I let my writing do my talking. The media sucks. <laughs> it's a shame you weren't there last night to ask the hard-hitting questions. Are you salty that Bradford didn't get you out there for Game 3? 
Because I think he made the right call for Game 3, but I would have you there for Game 4. You would be flying out like in, in a couple hours. As a freelancer, I know it's wise not to criticize my bosses because... Like I said, there could be not be Bradford. There could not be there could not be another show, and there might not ever be another Matt Calvin star on EI.com. But Bradford's playing in the media game at Yankee Stadium. All I know is all I know is that there's people who are usually blogging from their mom's basement, (laughs) and their media entities sent them out to St. Louis. (laughs) No, Pete's here, but uh, Bradford. But you will be there for a game six, which could happen. I still have Bruins. And it six. could happen. Who knows? But I, I don't prediction. think it's happening. I think we're going to get the. You uh, think it's a five? The this is over. It's over. I'm already planning the cup distribution. All wow. right. All right. It is Sunday skate. Do you think it's over? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Darren Pang joins us at nine thirty. Laird, uh, Calvin, and Blackburn on Sunday on uh, Sports Radio WEI. Come on, let's go. Now back to a Stanley Cup Finals edition of Sunday Skate with Ken Laird, Pete Blackburn, and Matt Kalman on Sports Radio WEEI. And I was curious if you were bothered at all by what Bennington said after the hit in Game 1, if you saw it, where... He said maybe he was on something because he said your pupils were dilated when you stared him down after that. And if it bothered you at all, and just kind of how you feel this whole series. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not on social media or anything right now, so I don't see it. But <clears throat> obviously we have a great PR staff that makes you aware of things that are said. Keep your head down and go to work. That's been, uh, you know, myself and Brandon Carlo, that's been our, you know, our motto for a long time now. doesn't matter what's going on around us. It uh, doesn't matter what matchups are doesn't matter who you're playing against we just put our head down and go to work and um that's what i'm feeling right now and i'm gonna continue to do that well game three uh be remembered as the tory krug four point night or the perfection line emerging what i like the tweak we you gotta not, say you gotta say, say that because say that. nhl media headline Bergeron nets three points as the perfection line stays yeah, hot well, on the road. That's the official. All the more reason they hate it if it's becoming the None official. None of those points nickname. came from even strength. Well, one of them. What? what the, no, they all power play. Oh, all yeah. power Krug's, play. Krug's points were all power play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we should definitely keep up the Stanley Cup distribution talk because if you look at the Twitter machine. Dale Arnold's getting in a f- frenzy about it. Oh, uh-oh. He's kind of fired up about it. He doesn't want us talk jinxing it. Uh, I got to say, I couldn't help but notice that Tory Krug didn't directly answer whether he was on something in that response. <laughs> I noticed right. that as well. That'll be the next conspiracy out of Toronto. Tory Krug's on drugs. I've been tested more than any other player. He'll go off on the uh, Ortiz rant. That's right. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, top line, though, whatever you want to call them. What do you call them? Because you give out nicknames. You give out Magic Johansson. How about, Johansson, how about right? the Holy Trinity? Somebody give that to me. I like Holy that. Trinity. Yeah, the the father, the rat, or the father, the pasta, and the hold and the dirty rat, or something like that. Well, the Bergeron uh, line has on the road in the postseason. That's what the stat is from NHL Public Relations. In nine road games, fifteen goals, thirty-one total points, and they combined for five points yesterday. As uh, Pete points out, a lot of that is is power play action. Yeah. Uh, Do you think anyone in St. Louis is today is wondering, what's wrong with Tarasenko? <laughs> he had an eight-game point streak, and then he didn't get a point. So we have I to say, so, what's actually. wrong with him? He's not finished. He didn't finish last night in a couple key opportunities yeah. early. I, he's, well, I guess, I guess it's, it's a hard question because obviously no one in St. Louis is ever going to criticize anything a St. Louis athlete ever does. So huh. 
I well, guess I guess it's kind of a move well. He point missed there. one early, and Pasternak actually blew a great chance early in the game. Uh, Bergeron put it right on his stick, and I'm thinking, boy, if if, yeah. if they lose this game, you're going to look back to well, that. They, they they came out and they were forcefully passing the puck. Did you notice that they were they were just slamming the puck at each other, even a couple times early, letting it hit the sideboard the sideboards and playing it off the sideboards. They clearly came out and said, "We're not making soft plays. We're going to make the hardest plays possible." And that, I think that was a big reason why Pasternak missed that uh, pass from Bergeron because he hit it so hard. So much pace. Pasternak wasn't ready for it. At the, he could have handled it, but he wasn't necessarily ready for it. Because I think, especially Bergeron and Marsha came out and said, "Okay, we're going to make hard plays no matter what, even if it means you know a couple of miscues early." But if you're re- more realistic about five on five and the way the series has gone, the, the Bruins' top line you could certainly argue is still getting outplayed, even despite last night's seven to two win. As Pete points out, a lot of the action yeah. there was was uh, on special teams. They had chances five on five last night. Yeah. I don't think that they got outplayed last night. Not last night. In fact, the Corsi, Bergeron 5-on-5 against Pareko 10-4, uh, and, and Marchand 13-4 I think last night, more than any night, and Pete's more in tune to this, but I think last night a lot of it was score-affected, the Corsi stuff you're looking at, because you looked at the numbers, and it seemed like every matchup went to St. Louis and Corsi, because I think they were just shooting from everywhere at some point. No, but I'm when, saying when they're behind. Marchand and Bergeron actually outplayed Pareko yeah, so, by a significant edge 5-on-5 right, so, last night, which didn't yeah. happen in the first two games of the series. Yeah. You're right. I mean, some of the other numbers got Yeah, I was looking late. at Char and Carlo, and, and it was it was tough to judge based on that because they clearly were just firing away when they got down by a lot. But as Bruin Stats points out on Twitter, the top three lines, one goal, four, four allowed in five-on-five five play through the first three games. Oh. And uh, they're getting a lot of ozone face-offs. They're, they're not controlling the play consistently. They haven't been. So if there's any sign or stat that indicates St. Louis is not out of it, that's still it to me. You can't say the Bruin, the Bruins' top line is back except, beyond a shadow of a doubt. We except, don't know that yet. Except it hasn't. First of all, so much of their work is on the power play, though, especially in the playoffs this year. That at least you're getting that. And second of all, is until St. Louis proves that it can stay out of the box, then it doesn't matter. If it's going to be a special team series, then they have no shot. And well, clearly, for me, I mean, I don't care what they put up in terms of production offensively, because we've seen throughout these playoffs that the Bruins have depth and they they can pick up that first line when they're not scoring. The bigger issue to me was that they weren't, that they were allowing way too much uh, on the other end of the ice through the first two games. They didn't allow that in in game three. So that's, maybe that's where you say uh, is the the quote-unquote perfection line back, but you can't say, well, they got three points. Bergeron got three points. They're back. It's yeah, they got on the power play. Yeah, and Marshawn was the number two star of the game, but I didn't really sense him being a major factor. He was good on the PK, actually, and, and he had a couple chances, but it wasn't like Marshawn was the star of the night, I didn't think. Um, Listen, joking aside, we have to put this perfection line thing to bed because, first of all, it was made up by someone who's the 1A Tuka hate in the world who's made his career based on Tuka Rask. If we're going to throw him a bone and give him the, the, the line name, too, then we should all just quit because it's it's dark world. Who? You know the big guy. Oh, why don't you? Why don't? Why can't you name Haggerty? Why? Why don't understand this? Why can't I name he him? Who this must is, not be named. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He who must be not renamed. Is it better that he, way? Because the clever? same way he searches his name on Twitter, he probably searches his name through <laughs> the audio. And, That's a Haggerty and, and, and creation for us talking. The, the perfection him. line. That's what they tell me. I wouldn't know. Because he's blocked you. Oh yeah, I am blocked. 
I am not I'm blocked. In the club. You're not blocked uh, by him. Of all people. You're Circle blocked of by friends. Oh, because he needs because he used to need Pete's gifts. Oh, he used to steal them all the yeah, time. So yeah, so that's why he needs. That's why he, oh, needs. he would do. never block Pete. Who doesn't? You don't get you offended know. at that. Any, dude. Any, no, anyone? I don't, get, I don't know. I don't get offended by he, when he means steals. He means he doesn't watch the game and then then watch right. and uh-huh. use the gifts. Right. Listen to the listen to the game on the radio and look at the <laughs> gifts and then put piece it together. Well, the perfection line's not the worst. It's better than the Trinity line. He's got you beat there, and people have picked up on it. So I think you're jealous that well Canadians have picked up on it, and you're not going to trust that, are you? Uh, sure. They're sure. basketball they the people. Exactly. Oh, they know the game. They are. It's a basketball country. All right. Darren Pang is a hockey guy. He's a goaltending expert. We will talk to him about Jordan Binnington in the next hour. 9.30 he will join us. Pulled from the game last night. Is Binnington going to be a mentally fragile, mentally weak uh, coming off last night's performance? We'll discuss that among many issues. It's a bonus hour of Sunday Skate with you until 10 a.m. when Bradfield, Wiggy, and Reamer join us. It's Ken Laird, Matt Cowman, and Pete Blackburn, Sports Radio, WEI. The Erection Line.